Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Living in today, as I was preparing for this Truth Talk, the news came through that yet another type of COVID had emerged here in South Africa and that lockdowns were looming again. Now, they should have called this virus Medusa, based on the number of times COVID-19 has grown a new head. It's amazing, isn't it? So folks, maybe more to worry about, to stress over, to hide from, and so on. And so it's a good time to remind ourselves just what Jesus said about times like this. He said this, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That, of course, is in Matthew 6, verse 34. However, look, I've got to confess to you that living in today is something I've just never managed to do. I don't do it in the past, you understand. But an awful lot of my focus is inevitably on the future. Yeah, I know how that song goes which says, Yesterday is dead and gone and tomorrow is out of sight. But I'm also cynically aware of quotes such as, the past is behind, learn from it. The future is ahead, prepare for it. The present is here, live it. Actually, it's not a bad quote, that. But no matter how hard I try, I just don't seem to be able to apply it. Perhaps it's in my genetic heritage, or maybe in my training background, but one way or another, it's my reality. Let me just give you two small yet telling examples of what I mean. Now, occasionally my wife Pat and I watch a whodunit movie on TV. Within 10 minutes, I'm trying to work out who the villain is and how the story will end. And when I think I have solved it, I lose interest in the plot and start checking my social media. Oh, well. Another example is when we go shopping. Now, just the other day, Pat and I set off to a nursery to buy some specific plants that we need. Halfway there, Pat mentions to me that we should visit a thrift shop which is en route that we should just pop into. Huh. Now my anxiety level is starting to rise. Now when we get to the nursery, even before entering the seedling section where we're aiming for, she veers off and leads me towards the home crafts division. My frustration levels rise even higher. I was there to buy seedlings. A specific seedling, actually. Not craft paint, gifts, or the granddaughters, presents for them, or second-hand what's-its or whatever. My mind was already an hour into the future, back home with the seedling in hand. Pat's mind was in the moment. So who do you think enjoyed the journey the most? Well, my wife, of course, notwithstanding my rather grumpy recalcitrance. Now, the benefit of having a future orientation, as I tend to have, is that there are fewer surprises. And perhaps we make better financial decisions, things like that. However, there never was a time, as now, that I can remember when the future was so unpredictable. The weather is a good parallel to life in general right now. When I was in my 30s, I could count on summer rain in Gauteng around 5pm every evening. Now I look at three different weather apps, Note that they all tell a different story, and then glance out of the window and see weather conditions that none of the apps forecast at all. 
focusing on the future, what it is, some disadvantages often yields anxiety, stress, and even depression. How living in the past, however, can generate feelings of regret and indignation or complacency. Both ways of living produce more problems than solutions and more negatives than positives. So for people like me, here are two scriptures to remember. I have to keep reminding myself. One, Matthew 6 verse 11, which is from the prayer model that Jesus gave his disciples. Give us today our daily bread. And the second example, James 4 verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Good perspective, I guess, to have from time to time. Huh? But for those who focus on the past, Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19, is a good one to remember. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I guess we need a bit of balance here between future and past and present, right? So despite the texts we refer to or the quotes we hang on to, we all know that we need to embrace all of our life experiences. That's past and present and future. Without a consciousness of the past, we tend to learn little and change less, right? Without a sense of immediacy, we miss much of what is good and we fail to see potential around us. And without any attempt to evaluate future possibilities, we tend to live in relative insecurity and often blunder into obstacles that we could have avoided. The Lord Jesus spoke several times about the need to live in the present, but he also spoke of the wisdom of foresight. In Luke 14, 28-30, for instance, he said, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will you not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. I know his immediate application was to the cost of following him, but the principle remains to all other applications. He also told the well-known story of the wise bridesmaids who planned for the possible late coming of the groom. That's in Luke chapter 12. And he also counseled the wisdom of remembering. Remembering. You find that in Luke 17 and Luke John 4, uh, sorry, 15. So you see, the crux of the matter is balance, not absence. We need to remember the past and learn from it. And we need to plan for the future. But we need to live mainly in the present. Okay, but just how do we do that, right? Well, let me give you another confession. I get irritated by preachers who tell me to think or do something without presenting any useful information on just how to achieve the desired state. Sometimes specific examples depend on individual circumstances. I understand that. But the principles apply to all circumstances. The least a preacher can do is clearly present these principles involved and then give one or two applications to make things more real and specific. The other Sunday, the preacher, a man I actually like a lot, 
It told me that we all need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. He even quoted in his sermon someone who suggested that those who did not hunger and thirst for righteousness should not even consider themselves to be Christians at all. Huh. But tell me, just how can I change from apathy to passionate yearning for the things of God? Give me something practical, man. So, lest I don't practice what I preach, here are some practical suggestions on how we can live in today, rather than in yesterday or tomorrow. I gathered these from a number of different psychologists, life coaches and preachers, but I edited out all the blather about yoga positions and mindfulness meditations and blah, blah, blah. So just please bear two things in mind. One, these are just suggestions to consider that may or may not help you in your particular mindset and your particular circumstances. And secondly, if we just select one or a few of them, not all of them, it could make a big difference to our orientation. We don't need to necessarily try out them all, right? Okay, here are six. One, focus on today's tasks, challenges, and opportunities. Schedule and diarize things to do in the next 24 hours and not just the things to do later. Instead of just planning the week ahead or the month ahead or whatever it is, plan today with time slots. These are the things I'm going to do, see, experience, and attend to in this day. Two, at the end of each day, write down what happened that day. Now, my wife Pat is really very good at this, and I'm really not good at this at all. And when we do this, we uh, try and forgive those who have offended us. We celebrate the good and the satisfying. We jot it down. And hopefully we pray with thankfulness to the Lord for the good stuff that's happened during the day. You know, the power of a daily journal lies more in the focus it brings to the present than the record it provides for the future. Three, simplify your life wherever possible. It's a simple formula. Fewer possessions and commitments mean fewer worries and the need to foresee less what lies ahead. Four, practice spontaneous acts of kindness. Doing something kind, loving, or appreciative on impulse, really, focuses us on the present. Five, consciously change routines so you, as you go through your day. Change your routines. Eating, sleeping, or working at different times, or at different places, or taking different routes, or just changing the order in which you, you try and do things. You're like me, shaving, I always start with the top of my right cheek. Well, every now and then I've now started doing things differently. Still a good shape at the end of it, but it's just a little different. And six. In as much as possible, confront today what you know will probably be a future problem. You know, move that problem that you're, you're, you can see on your horizon, move it into the future, from the future into the present, and deal with it now. Just finally, a quote I found interesting and thought-provoking is attributed to the great Albert Einstein. He jotted down, Life is a preparation for the future, and the best preparation for the future is to live as if there were none. It's worth thinking about a bit. However, my favorite quote is from the pen of A.A. A. Milne. What day is it? Asked Pooh. It's today.
squealed Piglet. My favorite day, said Pooh. God be with you in today. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is